there's a couple different types of ads we'll do. We'll do some that are home evaluation ads. And um, that's typically a map and it, you know, and it says homes in your home prices in your area are changing or going up or, you know, click to find your value and then they can put in their home. And we're usually getting those seller leads for, uh, I think the last time I checked on Facebook, we were right around $30 uh, a seller lead. And then Google, Google PPC was a little bit lower actually for those. Um, and that's about five to 10 times cheaper. It just kind of depends uh, on the day really than, than Zillow, but a lot cheaper than we would pay on Zillow. Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. This month's top agent is Dan Lesniak with Optima Realty in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome to the call, Dan. Thank you, Mike, and, uh, and thanks for having me. I'm excited about, about the call. Uh, Dan, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can't wait to learn about you and your business. So let's go ahead and jump in. And the first question I have for you is, before we talk about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate. Sure. So I came from a background in uh, Navy. I, I went to the Naval Academy. I got out. I was a submarine officer, did a tour at the Pentagon. And while all of that was going on, I went and got my MBA at at Georgetown. I thought I would uh, get out and or get done with that, go out and get a consulting job with a McKinsey, a Booz Allen, one of these big companies. That This was around 2010. I had already transitioned out of the Navy. I had a job as a government contractor that I kind of just used to put myself through school, through that grad school program. And all of the big companies I interview with turned me down, you know, person after person. They all said I did not have the sales uh, skills or, or part of it. And they recommended that I go out and get a, a new experience, something that was different than what I'd done before, something that was would put me out of my comfort zone and, and work on this sales aspect. So I went out, got my real estate license. I At this point in my life, I had bought and sold a few homes already because I was, you know, had the VA benefits. I could do that early on, fortunately. And I, I thought I would just do it as something part time and it, it took off really, really fast for me. And I ended up having to quit my job uh, that I was in because I got so much business. And, and then I, you know, it was kind of off to the races from there. I ended up selling 22 million, a little over 22 million in year one. So that's, that's how I got into the game. It wasn't something I, I planned on from the beginning. And, and I'm certainly glad that I'm doing that now. <laughs> That's fantastic. First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. So, let me get this right. The first year you closed 22 million. How many units was that? That was 37 uh, sides. 
37 sides. And uh, so for people that are listening, they're just getting started. What were you doing to get that quick start? The, the main thing I did was I, I focused on a very, very, very uh, tight niche. And part of that was just born out of necessity uh, from, from how I started, being that I still had a, a you know, regular day job. Uh, so I, I wasn't going to go out and be like all things to everybody, like a lot of agents do. So I, I focused on the condo building that I lived in at the time. It was about 200 units, a little under that. And then as I got some successes there and people, you know, selling there and moving close by, I started to kind of expand outward from, from there. And, but it just really stemmed from having a super narrow focus, which is what I recommend to all agents now, especially when they start out. So were you doing geographic farming then? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, uh, I direct mailed those, those people. I, I ran, Facebook campaigns toward them, uh, email campaigns toward them, but it was, it was, you know, 200 people in one building or, or 200 homeowners in one building that I was specifically targeting uh, through a mix of old school and uh, new school type methods. Were you door knocking? No, I, I didn't do door knocking. I did from time to time though, I would do targeted letters that I put like under their doors and, uh, you know, these would be very, very super specific. Like if I had a buyer looking for that type of home and, or if I sold that type of home recently and had multiple offers. So, uh, I, but I didn't, I didn't knock on the doors per se. That's great. So you became an expert in that niche. Did you get all 37 closings out of that, uh, condo farm, that 200 condo unit? No, not not all of them, but uh, a little over half. It was about, I think, 12 million in volume, right, from, from one address, just different unit numbers. And then the, the other 10 million was like 95% of it was within a half mile or so walk. Like there was, there was only one deal that I really even had to drive to. Were those other properties that you sold, were they also condominiums or were they houses or other type of property? They were a mix of condos and townhomes mostly, but a, but a couple houses as well. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for, for sharing that. Moving out, you know, selling a, a one-bedroom, moving to a two-bedroom, maybe in a different building, or selling a two-bedroom, moving into a townhouse. Yeah, you started where you were and you made the most of it. That's fantastic. And you said you had a, a, per, you had a full-time job while you were doing that, so you were working evenings and weekends? For the first Probably three months, yep. So you were doing some major time management. That's fantastic. Well, let's do this. Let's get everybody familiar with you by doing a quick speed round. I'm just going to ask you a series of quick questions so everybody can understand where you're coming from. Uh, and what's first question is, what's the name of your team? So a year after that, that first year, I, I merged with my wife. We met through real estate. So now we have the Orange Line Living team, which is how I started, and then the Carrie Scholl team. And we kind of house both of those under Optima Realty. Oh, okay. Now I understand. Now it's making more sense. All right. So uh, when you, let me, I got to step back. When you sold the 37, you said team, did you have a team or was that all your sales? That, that first year was all me. I did hire an admin right at the end. And then, then after that, I, I, I switched brokerages from the one I was at at the time. And I, I hired uh, two people, had brought on 
two or three buyer's agents and a listing agent. And then a, about six months later is when I merged with, with uh, Carrie. Uh, very good. And before you did the merger, how many homes did you sold? I think that year before that, that happened, I was, I was on pace to do about 50. About 50, just about where you were, just a little bit more. So that's great. Thank you. 50%, yeah, 50% increase or close to it. So people know where you're at. What's your service area? We cover all of Northern Virginia, D.C., and, and close in Maryland. That's a pretty good swath. So that's, you're covering a lot of different states. You have, have to have multiple licenses in each of those states? You do, yeah. You have to be licensed in all three jurisdictions, and then uh, they each have their own sets of contracts. And then Maryland, every county has its own set, so a little bit of, to deal with. But when you, you know, end up doing as many deals as we do, you start getting referrals everywhere, so you kind of got to be doing it all around here. Uh, very good. How long have you been licensed now? I'm coming up on, I think, eight years. Eight years. Excellent. Excellent. And last year, how many homes did you sell and what was the sales volume? We sold, I think, right around 480 and it was just north of 300 million. Uh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. That's really exciting. Uh, what, was your, what was your GCI last year? It was, let me check here, it was right just under 8 million, so 7.8. 7 <laughs> That's great. Do you, do you know what your average sales price was? Six, I believe 625. Very good, very good. And what percentage of your, buy, what percentage of your business was, say, uh, buyers versus sellers? Yeah, so last year we were 64% buy side, 36% uh, listing. Uh, thank you. And uh, how many homes have you sold in your career now? Have you been tracking how many homes you've sold and what the volume's been? I, I don't have an exact amount. I, I know like between Carrie and I combined, we're at a little over 2,000, I think, and, and right around 2 billion because we've, we've done two to 300 million now for about four years in a row. So I, I know it's it's definitely getting up there. That's amazing. Billion dollar agents, billion dollar agents. That's some rare air. Thank you. Uh, and how many team members do you have? So we've got about 65 right now. We've got 40 buyers agents, five listing agents, five, five ISAs who you know, do our phone calling. And then we've got about 15 people that are either in marketing or admin and support. Wow, that is a really big team. Uh, and how did it get so big? Did, has, uh, did you grow that fast? Did you have an objective that you were trying to hit? Yeah, so, so we, we grew a lot around 2014. and we, we got up to about 25 people, and we, we kind of stayed there for a few years. Uh, really worked on systems, structure, experimented with some different things. And then about a year ago, we decided to really go to growth mode again. And so we, we went from about... 200 million and 350 in, in transactions to close to 500 uh, deals and, and 300 million. And, and we, we went from about 25 to 40 people last year. And then kind of from the end of last year, you know, like November till now, we've gone from about 40 to 65. So we've, we've just been focused on growth and recruiting and hiring managers and, and 
you know, more like executive level types to help us manage all of this. Are you an independent company or are you under a franchise? We're independent. So we've been independent since the end of uh, 2014. Oh, okay. So you were not always independent. You were under a franchise and then you decide to go out on your own. What, why did you make that decision? We, well, previously we were at uh, Keller Williams and then, uh, you know, they were great for the most part, but we just, we just kind of got so big that it, it didn't make sense economically uh, to be with anybody really. Okay, very good. Well, this is great. And um, I really appreciate you walking us through that. Uh, what I'd like to do now, if it's okay with you, is to, to dig into your marketing and your lead generation. That's something agents are all very interested in. And uh, you all must have a handle on it. So let's dive into that. Uh, could you tell us what your top three sources of business are? And if you can, if you can give us the percentage of the overall business in that lead source. Sure. So the, the top three are uh, repeat and referral business. That's about 37%. Uh, online leads are about 34%. And then open houses are about 11% for us. This is going to be fun. Uh, let's dive into each one of those if we can make it through. Let's start with uh, the repeat and referrals. Uh, do you, could you tell us how big your database is of uh, past clients and sphere of influence? Past clients, I, yeah, just, just by going off the last five years and the number of deals we've closed, there's, there's probably about 2,000 uh, past clients and, and sphere of influence. And... Um, and our agents that we bring on, they add to that as well. So it might be closer to like 2,500. Okay. Very good. Thank you. And uh, what kind of software do you use to track all these people, these 2,000, these 2,500 people that are in this database? So we, we use Infusionsoft. Now that's a, a more complicated program. It's not real estate specific. Why did you choose it? Yeah, we've, we've had it since 2012. So uh, Carrie actually was using it before me and we just kind of inherited that system and have built on. I probably wouldn't recommend it to most agents. It is, it is complex. It, it's expensive to, to get up and running. Uh, it, it does more though than any of the other, you know, CRMs out there. You just, you just have to have people to program it and, and customize it, but it, it, it does more. I mean, that's the bottom line. And there's a lot of customization required and maintenance, as you mentioned. Are you outsourcing that, or do you have somebody on a team that does it? We've done both before. Right now, we've, we've got someone in-house that, that's pretty much their – I mean, they've got other things they do, but that's, that's their primary job. That's their big job. Very good. Let's talk about how you're staying in front of your past clients and sphere of influence. Could you describe your annual marketing plan, all the things that happen over the course of a year? Sure. So we do, um, you know, client uh, like holiday and, and birthday uh, cards. We do at least once a month emails and then we do a quarterly big event. So about a month ago, we, we had our client casino event. We do that at a local bar. Uh, we like rent it out, bring in casino vendors, and, and, and that's a lot of fun. And coming up in the spring, we do a Nationals baseball game. So 
I think this year we'll probably have seven or 800 people go to that. Uh, yeah, that, that's, people will love that. In the fall, we do a, a fall festival. So it's like, a, it's like an outdoor barbecue. And then early in December, we do a holiday brunch and we have, picture, we have, have Santa Claus there for the kids. So it's, uh, we're doing a mix of you know, gifting, email, and, and quarterly events. Sounds like you're really focusing on those events, and uh, my understanding of the reason the events are so uh, successful is that you're able to make a lot of contacts for the one event, maybe three invites, then the event itself, and a post uh, wrap-up, so that's five contacts. Is that the kind of thing that you're doing? Yeah, we do, uh, we do a, a print invite, I think, for most of them, e- a couple email invites. We post about it on social media. We take our client list, create a custom audience, and then market it basically to them on on Facebook and social media. And then then we make a video that uh, afterwards that 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 we put out on social media. So they're they're probably between all that hearing about it like ten to twenty times. Very nice. Now, do you have a videographer that is there at the event then, taking pictures of everybody? Yeah, we have uh, we have a, a couple videographers on staff, and uh, you know they they cover events. Obviously, they they do weekly highlights of um, things the team's doing, local business highlights. So, so we we use them a lot. And this is all working out well for you. Thirty seven percent. I I'm just going to rough a number. So you're somewhere around one hundred and fifty to one hundred and seventy five closings a year is coming out of this. Yeah, that's that's about right. What's your uh, annual budget for for this past client and sphere of influence marketing? I mean, it's it's gross. It's it's probably a, about twenty five k for uh, two of the events, a little less for two of them. So I, I would think on the events we're probably at eighty, and then probably another forty on. Uh, the the marketing, the mailers, and some of that stuff. If you know, we we don't necessarily attribute like any of the videographers' salaries and stuff like that. Like, if we really to were to do a true like activity based accounting, um, we do get sponsors though for some of our events, so that that helps bring the cost down. Are you are you totally zero based on it? Are the sponsors paying for all of it, or are you still paying for the lion's share? I don't I don't think we get it down to zero, but but we get a we get a big chunk of it down. Uh, very good. Well, this is pretty neat to me. Then, so you've got one hundred twenty thousand. Of course, is a big uh, budget each year, about ten thousand a month. But you're bringing in some major revenue. This is again a little over a third of the business. So uh, just throwing numbers out, that's about probably two and a half million dollars in GCI. That's a pretty good investment. That's almost a 20 to one. Uh, I, you'd probably want to keep doing that. Yeah, definitely. We'll make it bigger every, every year. And it's, you know, I, I think on average, every deal we close, it, close brings like about 10,000 uh, net to us, you know, after we pay the, uh, the agent on the deal. So, and these deals are probably a little bit higher because they're, uh, you know, repeat referrals that come in. So I would, I would 
think they're a little bit higher than that. And also we probably take a higher uh, split because we've got a lot of different splits on the team. But if it's, it's a, it kind of depends on like how it comes in and, and how, you know, hard of a close we think it'll be. So, so, you know, it's probably bringing in 1.5 to us at least after we've paid out on it as well. Oh, that is fantastic. I'm going to come right back to the, the splits and so forth. People always want to know about that, and I don't want to forget about it. But I do want to wrap up this little uh, concept of this annual marketing plan. So you mentioned you've got these uh, parties and events. You also said you have a, a monthly email. Uh, what does that look like? What are you sending out? It's usually just market market highlights mixed with stuff that's going on in our, in our lives. So we try, to, we try to make it a little bit personal as well as useful. So it's kind of like a newsletter, a monthly newsletter? Monthly newsletter with, yeah, an, an update on, on just things that are happening in our lives. Like if, you know, when, like when our kids are born or, uh, you know, we, we went to this conference last month and we're focused on this part of the business. So just, just things like that. Very nice. Very nice. And then you also are sending out uh, birthday cards and holiday cards to stay in front of folks. Uh, how are you getting the birth dates so you can send out those birthday cards? Yeah, we, we try to get it up front. Um, that doesn't always work. Sometimes we've gone back to the title company and asked for it. Recently, we did an email campaign and the, the subject line, we sent it to everybody if we didn't ha who, whose birthday we didn't have. And the subject line was happy birthday. And, you know, just got sent on a random date, like January 30th. And then the email said, hey, we know it's probably not your birthday, although we're not really sure. We're trying to, you know, do a better job of staying in touch with you on important days. Uh, you know, can you click on the link on the form and, and add your birthday? So we, we did that as well. Uh, and that, that email got a really good open rate. <laughs> that's, that's a great one. I like that. That's a great way to pick up that. Uh, birthday, especially if the closing was in the past, you, you've totally forgot about it. It's a great way to open the conversation. Uh, thank you for sharing that idea. Uh, do you get the birth dates of the kids as well or just of the adults? Usually just the adults. Um, now, for, for some of our like top SOI and, and you know that Carrie and I really know well, we'll we'll try to like stalk that stuff or have someone on our team stalk it on, on Facebook or social media. So, so sometimes we do, but certainly not, not for everyone. Very good. And then the uh, uh, holidays, uh, which holidays do you pick that you like to send a card out for? That was the other group. Yeah, we usually do a new year's one. And then um, I think we just do some other random ones like 4th of July. I know. And, and we're trying to kind of space them out. So maybe you think you do what four of those a year or six or uh, one a month? It's no, it's definitely not one a month. It's probably like a quarterly, a quarterly touch on that. Well, that's great. And then uh, you also mentioned that your team members are adding their SOI to the database when they come in. They are, and then we've we've got a person on staff, and for for a fee, and I forget what it is off the top of my head, but they can participate in like the gifting program and, and have someone help them with all of that. I'm sorry, the gifting program. What's that? Oh, uh, just, you know, gifting, gifting clients on, on birthdays, anniversaries of when they bought their home, stuff like that. So, 
Oh, okay. So you send more than a, a card. You also send a gift on their birthday. It it just depends on 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 the client and uh, if they've referred and all all sorts of variables. But um, so so not like every everyone's treated a little bit differently. I would I would say. Do you grade the people that are in the database? Then do you have a A B C D based on whether they've uh, purchased or sold with you or sent a referral or, or how's that work? Yeah, it's it's based on you know if they've referred is is like an A if we think they'll refer but haven't yet is a B and then and then everyone else basically so. And then are you marketing to those people differently? They they just get more uh, more touches and and they. Would they would be the ones getting the gifts. In when I asked you for the annual marketing plan, I noticed you're not doing any phone calls. It was are you doing phone calls or not to the sphere of influence and past clients? Yeah, so it's it's the phone calls are usually centered around the the events. So just calling to invite them, calling or texting them on the events. But we're we're typically not doing a like just a random call in January. How are you doing? Kind of calls. It's usually around the events and we've got four of them. So if, if we call them once, you know, before, once after that's, that's coming out to eight calls at least per, per year. Now a quick word from our sponsor, real GTV real estate agent lead generation television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. Okay. Uh, very good. And then uh, are you asking specifically for referrals when you're talking to folks, or is it just happening organically because you're constantly in front of them? No, we, we ask them for referrals. Uh, do you have a script that you like when you ask for the referral? No, nothing, nothing in uh, particular. You know, I usually just, yeah, if I usually just ask if, if they know anyone that, or I, 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 I try to avoid, and I almost caught myself doing it there. I try to avoid, do you know anyone? I try to say like, hey, who do you know that's going to be buying or, or selling in the next, uh, you know, six months to a year? Because if I say it that way, they'll usually think hard. If I say, do you know anyone? They usually just say no. <laughs> So. <laughs> Makes sense. That, that's kind of like the one caveat on that. I don't. I don't have a, a certain thing I say every time or that we teach. But we just we train to always ask, who do they know, not do you know. Well, this program's working pretty well. If if I'm doing my math correctly, it's basically one out of fifteen people in your database is resulting in a closing throughout the year. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think I think I read in Millionaire Agent that. It's, I don't know. I think they said they get two out of 12, but I don't, I don't know if it's where that's really proven or on, on what scale and if it's for a smaller amount. So, um, but yeah, for two, for 2000 people, we're pretty happy with those numbers. Feeling pretty good about it. Uh, so we're about to wrap up this part of uh, repeating referral. Do you have any uh, success tips or advice for an agent who wants to improve their referral uh, or repeats from their group of people that they like? Yeah, I, th I think really the, the biggest thing is just to, to show true care and concern for the client during the, the transaction, after, 
and to really to really be genuine and then it it, it just kind of comes naturally but you you do have to stay in front of them you know i think and, and you got to have some plan and and stick to it there's a dozen different ways to do it and you, you just got to pick a plan and, and do it and and really try to add value to people you mentioned uh, before, and I don't want to miss out on this, so I'm going to go off of marketing and then come back. You talked about uh, compensation, and you had a lot of different variables with the people that work for you, and that's always a hot topic. People always want to know about it. So if you don't mind, would you mind disclosing to us uh, kind of some of these structures that you've set up to compensate your buyer agents and your listing agents? Sure. Um, and we, we typically split the buyer agent and listing agent role, so there's some differences there. But our basic buyer agent uh, deal is a um, the, the, there's a six percent brokerage fee that we charge off the top. Then there's a team fee. Now that depends on the lead source. If it's if it's booked by an ISA, we charge a twenty percent fee. If it's if it's booked by Carrie and I, like one of our personal clients or referrals uh, we charge 25% off the t uh, you know of team fee if it's an open house we charge a 10% if it's generated by themselves we don't charge a team fee but then after that team fee there's a 50/50 split so uh, depending on the lead source it's you know typically the buyer's agent is keeping anywhere from 38 to 47%, somewhere in that range. We do have a, a cap on their SOI business. So their SOI is just falls under that 50-50 deal. Once they've generated $30,000 of commission, commission for the company, company dollar, uh, which is about 2.2 million in sales. Uh, once they've generated about that much, uh, they get to keep 90% uh, or more of of their SOI, so and that's just designed so that um, you know to cover our cost on on, on the deal. Uh, and it gives them an incentive to bring in their own business. It does, and then it it makes us compete. It makes us competitive with um, with other brokerages that offer like a. $30,000 cap basically that, that's tip one of the typical ranges for some of the large-scale brokerages in our areas that 30k cap so it makes us competitive with that um, you know we can go to veteran agents now who are doing five ten million and say like come over here bring your business pay us 30k on your business and then go do another 10 million of our own business so that's that's why we added that that was something we changed about a year ago we still not have that is it working? Are you able to recruit more established agents? It, it has. I mean, we, we took, we got a $5 million producer last year. He's going to do 20 million this year. Um, and, and, you know, we've, we've grown from 20, a little over 20 agents at the end of last year or, or kind of Q3 of last year to, you know, we're, we're now right around 40. So it's, it's definitely helped. Wow, then what a success story. An agent was at $5 million and now he's at $20 million? Yep. <laughs> on the listing side, our, our listing side, we've got a number of different structures, but uh, typically they keep a, 
about, they started around, I think it's 15% that they keep, uh, but they get a $2,000 a month uh, stipend as well. And for their first 12 deals, they're at that level. Then from deal 13 to 24, it, it bumps up, uh, I think about seven or 8%. And then it keeps doing bumps like that for every 12 deals on the year. And then if it's their own deal that they either generate on their own or SOI, uh, you know, we add 50% to whatever schedule they're on and then they still get that same cap as well. So most of our listing agents are doing uh, anywhere from three to four deals a month. And on that structure, they're getting to like 150 to, to over 200 in, in uh, income. Nice. And how about the buyer agents? What are they averaging uh, in their income, their take-home pay? So the, the new ones, if, if they're starting out and they have like no experience, we're usually getting them to like around 80 their first year, year one. Uh, if they've got a couple years of experience or have been with us for a year or more, uh, they're getting into the 250 level usually. Um, we've had a, a couple people that were in the high threes and even won over 400 last year. Wow, that's pretty awesome. That's uh, that's fantastic. Thank you for uh, – well, one more question before we leave this. Uh, it sounds like you separate them into buyer agents and listing agents specifically. Are they able to do the op other type of transaction? Do they have to refer it out? And why did you structure it this way? They can do the other side, uh, but they don't typically get team leads for the other side. So if they want to do the other side, they got to go get the deal typically. You know, there's – there's, you know, exceptions probably to everything, but, uh, so that's, that's typically, you know, how it's structured. That was new. That's something we added about a year ago that they could kind of cross over if they generated it. Um, the reason we've separated out before is, you know, we just, we just really believe hardcore in the team of specialist approach and that, you know, people focusing on listings are going to get better at listings. People focusing on buyers are going to get better at buyers. Last year, when you closed the 481 transactions, uh, how many agents did you have? Did you say you just had 20 agents at that point? We had, yeah, go, I mean, going into like October, we were around a little over 20. And then we started hiring a lot. And, and you know, now we're right around 40. But um you know, of the people that actually closed deals that ratified and, and closed in, in 2018, it was, it was probably based off of about 22 people. Very good. Uh, are you still in personal production? No, it's, I think the last deal that I was really heavily involved in and, and went on the listing presentation was back in August. Very good. Let's do this. Let's get back into marketing and some of the other things you're doing well. Uh, one of the other big sources is Zillow, and I'm trying to remember what your source, uh, your percentage was, but it was pretty high. I'm, I'm thinking it was over 10% of your business. Uh, how are you getting leads from Zillow? What exactly are you doing uh, that's resulting in leads and closings? Uh, yeah, so we, we, I think we grouped in Zillow with Google and Facebook in those numbers, and it was about 34% uh, 
total for all of those. But so for Zillow alone, I'd estimate it was around 14, 15%. Uh, what we're doing for most of, for most of those leads is it's, you know, buying zip codes basically, as well as, you know, being the premier, you know, premier listing agent or whatever that status is, is called. So on our own listings, uh, we certainly get a lot, but then we've, we've got the zip codes in the, uh, you know, areas that we want to do a lot of business in. And I think the key to what makes it really work, because I know a lot of people don't, you know, say it doesn't work and all that, but oh, A, we've stuck with it for long enough, right? And that's, you know, most people, no matter what they're doing, if they fail, it's because they quit too soon. Um, we've got a lot of reviews on there. So I think we're, got, I think we've got over 400 reviews. So we look good. Right when I work up up against other agents, just on the profiles there, and you know we've got that inside sales department, and they're trained. And the goal, the standard, is to to respond to all the incoming leads within five minutes. So, I think the frequency and uh, timeliness of the response really helps us there. Are you getting your leads uh, directly from? Uh, Zillow or are they going through a Zillow based ISA before they come to you? No, they're, they're going through our, our ISAs they, they offered us that and we, we didn't want it. And I think for most agents, it, it probably makes sense if they don't have a, a really good, you know, ISA team in place. Um, but, but for us, it, it just, it didn't, it didn't pencil out. Um, you mentioned that you have 400 reviews on Zillow. How did you get those reviews? Uh, it's just, you know, we, we've had a lot of clients over the last several years, and um, we train our agents to reach out to the clients and survey them and, and ask for reviews on, on different platforms. So we've, we've got a bunch there. We've got a bunch on Yelp. We've got a bunch on Google. How much are, what's your uh, annual budget for Zillow? How much are you spending there? I think last year it was probably around 220,000, 230,000, somewhere in that range. And that sounds like a, a lot again, but people have to remember you're, you've got a big scale going here. I just looked back at my notes real fast and it looked like you had about 19% of your business is coming from Zillow at this point. So uh, I'm estimating here, but around 1.6 mil, and GCI came in from that source and it cost you 220. So you have an eight to one ROI. That's a pretty good return. Yeah. And on those, we probably kept a little bit less and they're probably lower price point than the other ones. But my guess is we, we spent 200. I mean, maybe if you add in the ISAs to, to that, their portion, maybe, maybe 250. And after paying the agents, we took in 600. So it's, it's not as good as, um, you know, the past client referral type, type stuff, but, you know, it also leads to more past clients and referrals and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's profitable, but not as profitable. Big view of a successful long-term business. Uh, to wrap up this section on Zillow, do you have any uh, tips or advice to an agent who wants to start getting leads from Zillow or is in there, but it's not working right now? 
Yeah, if they're in there and it's not working, you know, I'd look at A, how long have they done it? B, well, like, what does their profile look online? Like, you know, how do they compare to the other agents that they show up with? And uh, finally, how, what's the follow-up like? And I would, I would build out some automated workflows, you know, no matter what CRM system you're using and, you know, try to follow up uh, very, very fast and very, very frequently for the first you know, like week and a half to two weeks uh, at least. And then, you know, you can dial the intensity off a little after that. Um, and just remember too, that a lot of the online leads take like six months and longer to close. They're, they're usually longer term for us. You have to stay in touch. Yeah. Uh, you also uh, mentioned, and we kind of grouped them together, the, these internet leads, a Zillow ad, excuse me, Google ads, Google ads. Uh, what are you doing with Google? Are you uh, actually running your own campaigns or are you running a campaign through a third party uh, provider like a Boomtown or one of those folks? No, we, we have someone on staff who just manages campaigns and they, they do it for Google, YouTube, and Facebook. and. They, they, there's a couple different types of ads we'll do. We'll do some that are home evaluation ads. And um, that's typically a map and it, you know, and it says homes in your home prices in your area are changing or going up or, you know, click to find your value and then they can put in their home. And we're usually getting those seller leads for, uh, I think the last time I checked on Facebook, and we were right around thirty dollars uh, a seller lead, and then Google, Google PPC was a little bit lower actually for those, um, and that's about five to ten times cheaper. It just kind of depends uh, on the day really than than Zillow, but a lot cheaper than we would pay on Zillow. And um, we also get buyer leads on there by either pointing them to an IDX, or now we've been doing a lot of ads that. Um, promote a, a home buying seminar, which we've done. We've done the home buying seminar once or twice a month now for about three or four years. So we do that for buyer leads. We also do ads that run that point people to different types of reports, like uh, get get 15 ways on how to win out on a competitive offer or avoid these seven mistakes when buying a home, just free reports where they give us an email to download the report. Very nice. Very nice. And so you have somebody running this uh, campaign. You mentioned the, the cost per lead. Uh, could you give us kind of the big picture of how much you're spending on uh, these Google ads uh, over the course of a year and what kind of income that's generating and therefore an ROI? Sure. Uh, I think last year we were kind of outside of Zillow. When you looked at Google, Facebook and all that, we were probably averaging about a hundred or 10,000 a month. Uh, we've dialed it up this year and this year we're, we're going to be at 20,000 a month on, on those sources. So we're trying to build that up more than Zillow. Um, so last year, I think the total was about 120,000. And I'm guessing just based on some rough numbers, you were sitting probably at just over 600 K for the year on that. So you're about a five to one currently. Uh, but it sounds like you're tweaking it quite a bit. Yeah, and, and the other thing, to, too, that we've noticed, we, we really made a, 
a big change probably in August after meeting with Gary V and really just doing more of our own Facebook ads and, and really building that up. That's why we got the videographers as well. But um, I've noticed it. it's again, it's like if, if you're not going to get an uptick for two or three months at least. Um, but, but we certainly have gotten an uptick just from those sources alone. But I think it also makes other sources convert better because when they see your sign, when they see your other ad over here, or when they see you at an open house, if they've seen you 10 times that week on Facebook in their feed, like even if they're not consciously realizing it, it, it it's working and you're, they're going to be more familiar and the close rate, conversion rate is going to go up for other sources. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Uh, I want to bring up one other because it's common now. Open houses are kind of making a comeback, and it looks like you're getting quite a bit of business from open houses. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the number was, 11% of the business. And so, what, 40, almost 50 closings in the year. Uh, that's pretty good. What are you doing with open houses to make them work? Well, we, we do a lot of training for our agents that host them and you know, their goal, every person that walks in is to, to collect their information, find out what they are looking for, what the timing is, what the motivation is, and then book a, you know, a follow-up appointment on the spot. And if they don't do that, they follow up plus one of our ISAs follows up. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, and then we, we do, a lot of marketing, you know, just on social media and online to get people to the open houses. We have someone who just does all of our signs, so we, we get good sign coverage. And then our ISAs will circle prospects, uh, call around, you know, the neighbors of some of the open houses. Uh, you uh, mentioned you like to get the contact information there. How are you doing that? Are you having them sign a registration form? Is there a certain question that you're asking that's working well? Yeah, so we, we do we do a paper registration form. I know there's a lot of, you know, iPad things out there and stuff like that, but we found that the conversion on the paper is much higher. And I, I think it just uh, – people can kind of have a, a willing suspension of disbelief that they're not going to be automatically emailed if they fill it out on an iPad, right, versus paper. So I, I think it helps. Uh, like, it feels less invasive. And, and so I think, that, I think that having it on paper uh, works. And, you know, it's usually, we just train everyone. The first thing you ask when they come in is, uh, Hey, can you, can you please sign in, you know, the seller and, and our company policies to keep a record of everyone who comes in the open house, you know, they don't have to complete it completely, but if they don't complete all of the information, the goal is that the agent builds rapport very, very quickly, tries to find out what they want or need in a house and then somehow, you know, be able to offer that either from the large amount of off-market listings we have or, you know, listings they know of otherwise, and then use that to, you know, confirm their information if they haven't filled it out correctly the first time. Very good. And you also mentioned that you uh, are going for a follow-up appointment to be set right there at the open rather than waiting until they leave and then trying to track them down. Correct. Uh, but if we don't get it then, you know, we still try to get it afterwards. 
continue to follow up with them. Uh, and then you have something that might be unique or enticing to them, uh, such as your off-market listings. Right, and, and we found those are one of the best ways to, to build a quick loyalty because if, if you have a, a great listing coming up that's not on the market yet and it can help them, you know, fill a need in a, in a low inventory, you know, high demand market, which is the kind we're in in this area, um, you know, that's going to command attention. Oh, very good. Well, Dan, uh, we've learned a little bit about your business today, and a lot of people are going to be listening to us, and the question they have is, are you profitable? Yes. So we've, we've uh, it's not as much last year as, as I wanted. We invested a lot in growth. Uh, we, we definitely were in that 20% range. In prior years, when we were uh, doing 50% less, we were as high as like 35%, but uh, that number compressed a little bit. I expect to scale it and, and hopefully get back into that 25 to 30 percent, uh, you know, range this year. But but last year we were right around 20 percent. Uh, very good. Well, Dan, what drives you? What drives me? I I like challenge and 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 uh, and, and camaraderie. So so building something together with with other people and and. Uh, and, 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 you know, growth and, and just new challenges and adventure drives me. Dan, why have you been so successful? I think the, the biggest reason is just being able to focus. And it's, it's gotten to be more of a challenge as, as we've gotten bigger. And, you know, I, I think what, what got us to here is not going to get us to the next level. Um, right in, in terms of, you know, tactics, but if you take a step back and you look at like from the realm of focus, right? Like what I was focused on a year or two ago was different than what I'm focused on, you know, today. So right now I'm really focused on, on finding the right people. And, and even that has changed a year ago. It was more agents. Now it's like more talented C-level types of, of, of managers and people. So, um, Overall, though, it's focus, which that was a long-winded way of saying that. <laughs> I did a good job. Well, Dan, if you were going to advise a brand-new agent just getting in the business, what would you tell them to do first? Really develop a marketing and, and overall business plan. I think too many people get in, they, they don't have that, and they just try to be all things to everybody, and that, that doesn't work. You know, your, your efforts get scattered too thin, so I like to talk about this process called segmentation, targeting, and positioning, STP, which is, you know, segment the market, pick the target segment that you want to go after, make sure it's something you think you can connect with, make sure it's big enough that there's, you know, a good amount of business in there, like enough turnover, enough that if you got market share, it would be worth it. Make sure it's not too big, though, that, you know, you wouldn't be able to have uh, an impact, right? If it's, if it's, 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 it's going to be hard as a new agent to go after like 10,000 homes, but you can go after 500. So, and then, and then how are you going to position yourself to add value uniquely to those people? So ask yourself like those three questions and then, and then focus on it. Uh, and, the, and you had that when you first started your intense focus on that one group, that condo complex and what great results you had right off the bat. Um, so that, that, that actually is a great play out. Let me ask you this. I, I know you have a resource for everyone who's listening. Could you tell us a little bit about it and where people can learn more? Sure. Um, 
so a, a couple years ago, I wrote a, I wrote a book, uh, the hyper local, hyper fast real estate agent. It goes through my, um, my, uh, first year as a real estate agent, how I did what I did. And then, and then, you know, how to use those principles, whether you're starting out, whether you're, uh, you know, trying to get more market share or go into uh, a new market. And so they could pick up the, the book, uh, Hyper Local, Hyper Fast. Uh, they could pick that up and say Amazon. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Uh, it sells for $14.99 there. It's also on Audible uh, if, you, if you're more the listening type. And um, if you go to, I think it's hyperfasthyperfreebook.com, you can, you can get the uh, free version there. You just pay for the shipping. That is great. Well, Dan, this has been a lot of fun. I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners? Uh, you know, I, th I think just just set big goals. Uh, don't don't be afraid of new challenges. Don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Certainly, when I started in uh, the the business, you know, it was new to me. A lot of it was uncomfortable, but the way to get over that is is, is frequency right just just if you do it enough and don't give up uh you know you'll have success no matter what it is but but especially in real estate and you know the the failure rate is is very very high in this industry um so so i think what that means is there's a, there's a huge opportunity for those people that that can persevere and, and stick through it uh very good thank you so much dan i really appreciate you joining us today that's it, the end for now. Thank you for joining us on Success Calls. Keep moving forward. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at freeleadtime.com. That's freeleadtime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.